You're tuned to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcasted live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator. And he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for almost 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, folks, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Hello, East Tennessee. Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. It is certainly a cool uh, Saturday morning afternoon here at uh, in Knoxville as you listen to News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And, uh, you know, finishing up his fourth year as a mayor of Knox County, Mayor Glenn Jacobs has faced uh, a, a, an interesting four years, certainly, with a lot of challenges. You know, we've had the unprecedented pandemic challenges. On the other side of that, we've had very impressive economic growth and really kind of everything in between. Mayor Jacobs has had to maintain a balanced budget, implement new and challenging programs, and it I think he's had, managed to have a little fun along the way. It's always a pleasure to have him as a guest. Good morning, Mayor Jacobs. Welcome back. It's great to have you with us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on this morning. Always great to have you with us. So, you know, the last two years have been challenging and probably as unusual as any, and I'm sure they've kept you on your toes. You know, on a personal level, Mayor Jacobs, how have you handled all the twists and turns of everything that's been thrown at you these last couple of years with the pandemic and everything else going on? That That's actually a great question. Um, I just take things as they come. Um, you know, you have to realize that uh, it's like the serenity prayer says, you have to be able to, um, you know, do have the courage to do things about what you can do things about, uh, have the, um, uh, you know, acknowledge that there are some things you can't do anything about, and have the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Um, sure. and, and that can be frustrating because, you know, we always want to, we see an issue and we want to do something about it in many cases uh, that, that we just, we can't, it's not under our authority or it's, uh, it's a long-term uh, issue that will take a lot of work. So uh, it, it's, I guess my, my faith in God and my philosophy in life is kind of how I get through it. That's a great word. I think our faith, you know, in challenging times, I mean, I, I just, my faith is so important to me to get me through those difficult times and being able to bathe things in prayer that I can't control. Um, what would be your comment on that? Oh, absolutely. Um, and just in many cases, yeah, to have have the the courage to realize that there are things you can do that might be difficult, but that someone needs to do them. And in the end, also to realize uh, that to have that optimistic outlook on life and to think that things are going to be okay. There are going to be rough spots and uh, there's going to be pain. And that's true not only in public the public domain of public life, but, but in our personal lives. But in the end, uh, if you have that faith and you have that optimism, which I think it is derived in my case from, from that faith, you realize that, you know, things are going to be okay. It, it just might be a rough road getting there. You know, Mayor Jacobs, in, in today's politics, you know, things are so divided. 
there's not a lot of unity anymore, in, especially on the national level. As a mayor, you know, you ran, you're, you're under the Republican banner, let's say, uh, but you, rec- you, you represent all of Knox County. How do you balance the different constituents you do, rec- you do represent, including those that did not vote for you, and how, how can we unify Knoxville even more than it is? Well, I, I think that we have to understand that things like jobs are important to everyone. And you mentioned uh, our economy is doing very well. That's important to everyone. Uh, I think that when we concentrate, especially on good jobs and quality jobs, a lot of the other issues that we might discuss and uh, vehemently disagree on, really, they're not nearly as important as people being able to put food on the table, uh, have a roof over their head, uh, save some money, be able to put their kids through college or, or whatever pathway that their kids want. So I think that's really important is how we prioritize. And unfortunately, especially at a national level, uh, we tend to get into some of the wedge issues and uh, yeah. things that divide us and we concentrate on those as opposed to looking at the issues that would unify all of us that we can agree on. Uh, and I can tell you, I'm a free market guy. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree that the government should be doing a lot of the stuff that a lot of people think that it should be doing. Um, but nevertheless, I understand what those people want. I just think that they're going to take the wrong way in getting there. But I think, Open discussions about that and honest discussions about things like that uh, are, are vitally important. Let's start big picture, Mayor Jacobs, and then we'll kind of dial it down to some of the present issues. But you're finishing up your last year of your elected term as county mayor, and you have announced that you're running for reelection. What are some of the things that you set out to accomplish in the first term that you are most proud of? Well, we did talk a lot about the uh, vibrant economy and uh, that has happened. Uh, Knox County is doing very well. Tennessee is doing very well. I, I mean, I can't take a lot of the credit for what the state of Tennessee has done. Not having a state income tax is so important, and uh, we are able to parlay that into uh, bringing businesses here and, and bringing individuals here who are, are productive and uh, create jobs. And that that's really important, keeping that low-tax environment, uh, as well as making sure that the regulations that we have in place make sense and they're not burdensome. Uh, that Again, those, those two things are really important. Um, we looked a lot when I, when I was running for office, you know, it was interesting. Um, I thought that the uh, opioid, the drug epidemic was a big deal. I didn't know how lots of my neighbors felt until I got out knocking on doors. And that was one of the first issues that people talked about. Um, unfortunately, with the pandemic, so much of our public health efforts have been, of course, uh, focused on that. Uh, but I think we still, uh, up until the pandemic happened, we were making uh, some some pretty decent inroads in things like um, lowering the number of death-related, uh, I'm sorry, drug-related deaths uh, in our area, uh, as well as getting more services and kind of changing our attitude that uh, we're reducing the stigma around addiction and also changing the attitude to realize that Again, it's not a quick fix, that, that services have to be in place that uh, support people for the long term. Uh, when we look at uh, recreation, which is uh, another uh, a big deal for us, um, we were able uh, to work on uh, the Knox County Waterway out in uh, North Knox County, which is going to give us a very unique asset, which will complement uh, what the city's doing with the urban wilderness and the mountain bike trails and those sort of things. And uh, that really helps 
drive our tourism economy. Tourism is the second largest industry in the state of Tennessee. Uh, we are actually, we may not think of ourselves this way, but we have become a tourism-based economy. So anything that we can do to attract people in that way is great, but also to ensure that people live here have stuff to do and, and, and uh, a quality uh, quality standard or, or quality of life that is very high, uh, as well as education. Um, I think you and I have talked a lot about not every kid does need to go to college. Not every kid wants to go to college. Let's ensure that there are alternate pathways uh, forward uh, through things like the trades. Uh, We'll be working on our – we have started the Knox County Start Center, which is the uh, Skilled Trades and Regional Training Center. Really happy about that. That should come online this fall, uh, and I think that's going to be a great thing, as well as some work that we've done with uh, TCAT to uh, encourage more kids to get into the trades and to follow that pathway. Mayor Jacobs, you know, I know the last time we talked last year, we were discussing the economic impacts of COVID on businesses. And it seems like most of our businesses in our area were really able to make it through okay. I certainly know not all were, but many have made changes to operations and hours. Of course, there's a lot more at-home work. Many businesses, as they always do, uh, find creative ways to continue to do business and be profitable. You know, how much do you think the business sector has permanently changed as opposed to returning to normal? Well, I think that's still to be determined as as we move forward. Certainly there are some uh, changes. I I don't think – often we look at these seismic changes and uh, we – uh, extrapolate the wrong information. For instance, when uh, the internet started becoming a thing, there's a lot of talk that everybody's going to work from home, but Google doesn't actually work from home because they found out that the knowledge spillover and the uh, water tank talk that we sometimes think is unproductive, it's not. What it does is it allows people from uh, different expertise to share ideas, and then someone might get an idea from someone else who works in a different area and apply it to where they work. So um, those sort of things are really important. Um, at the same same time, we've also heard, though, that some people are actually more productive working from home. So I think I think what we're going to see is more flexibility uh, within the workforce, and uh, employers are going to be forced to accommodate that, but they're also going to find that uh, they can really take advantage of it uh, in their own businesses. Um, I, I'm not one of those that thinks that that it's, that like people are never going to gather in large groups to do any of those things. We've already seen that happening. So I think um, hopefully as um, we get through the uh, the Omicron variant and can move forward and COVID becomes endemic and we can deal with it like we do the flu, I think a lot of things will return to kind of a baseline normal. But I do think there are going to be some changes. Yeah, and I'll kind of chime in there. I agree with everything you said there. Um, you know, I'm a business owner. I've got 15, 16 employees, I think, and, you know, from my own experience, and certainly some worker, every worker's different, every personality's different, everybody has different working styles, but what I've noticed when we go virtual is, you know, there's people like that for a couple, few days, maybe a week, two weeks, something like that, but then they start really missing the camaraderie of you yeah. mentioned the water cooler talk and you you know i couldn't agree more that that, that is productive um yeah. even though maybe historically even i viewed it as unproductive it, it actually is productive and that camaraderie is very very important in quality of life culture in your workforce 
So I couldn't agree more that there's probably, I think it's changed. There's a balance. I think flexibility, you mentioned the word flexibility. I think that's a great word. And I also, Jim, think that we found stuff that doesn't work. Uh, for instance, large-scale distance learning among younger folks was a disaster, frankly. That's why uh, so many of us really emphasized in-school learning. Uh, and we sure. can see that now with, with the grades and uh, some of the other issues that our young people are facing. Knox County Schools did a great job of keeping kids in school. And my hat's off to them, to the, the teachers, you know, the staff, everybody that, that really worked to keep kids in school. And then we look at other areas uh, that didn't, and, you know, Chicago, they're still having a fight over that. Well, what what is, impact is that having on the young people? Um, so I think not only was it important to determine how we can maybe do some things different uh, based on the lessons of the pandemic, also some things that we really found out that don't work and we don't need to do anymore. I agree completely. We're visiting this morning with, with Glenn, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. When we come back, we're going to kind of start looking forward. Like, where are we going with job creation? We got some great businesses moving to the area. What does the housing market look like? What are some challenges? What about labor shortages? So please stay with us as we visit with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, brought to you right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living. I'm Jim Brogan. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. We're with you every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m., again from 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch all of our show's podcast on our website. We'll have today's show with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs up by Monday. You can go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. Mayor Jacobs, we've got some really big national and even international companies who are expanding into the Knoxville area. Of course, we know about Amazon, Smith & Wesson, Topgolf, and there's others. All of these new companies will provide jobs for a growing workforce. How significant is the economic impact on Knoxville? I mean, we've really, I guess our market area is over 900,000 people now. So how big of an impact does this actually make? Well, it makes a huge impact, uh, uh, of course. You know, we we want jobs, but not only jobs, but good jobs. And in order to do that, we need a highly uh, skilled workforce. And that's something that everyone really around the country is struggling with is how do we get folks uh, the skills that they need for these jobs in the 21st century, which in many cases are, are pretty technical uh, and, and require uh, different skill sets than perhaps in the past. Um, so as far as the county government, that's one of the things we've looked at. I was just at a regional mayor's uh, retreat down in Gatlinburg, and uh, of course that was uh, a big uh, point of discussion. Uh, in order to, to bring these companies in, they have to know that they can fill the jobs that they're bringing with them. Um, but what happens when a company comes here is not only the direct jobs, but also all the indirect jobs that support the people uh, that work there. Um, so it, it really is important. And, and then, then, of course, we see the great companies that we have here that are also expanding uh, and keeping them here and not letting them go other places because they want to stay here. Uh, that's also important. The, the, back, the economy is the backbone of everything that we do. 
Uh, and without those good jobs, uh, life becomes very difficult for everybody, including Knox County government. Mayor Jacobs, let's talk about the labor shortage and how that might impact. I mean, being, you, you mentioned those businesses wouldn't come here if they couldn't, if they weren't confident they could fill those jobs. A recent report from the Boyd Center over at the University of Tennessee, at a statewide level, looked at our labor participation rate at 60, roughly 60 percent, and might take four or five years to get back to pre-pandemic levels. How are we doing in Knox County? Are you concerned about labor shortages? Yeah, I am. That's what everyone talks about is is finding workers. Um, Frankly, I don't think the federal government did us any favors uh, with the very generous uh, unemployment payments and some of the other things that they've done, the the child tax uh, credit, which I believe is actually is going away now, um, as well as the the eviction moratorium. I understand why those things were put in place, but I think they were there way too long. And it actually encouraged folks uh, not to work, which is not good because you're encouraging mediocrity, right? Instead of people going out and and the, the value and the benefit of work, uh, paying them to stay home, I think is a horrible, horrible decision. Uh, and I think one that we're going to have a hangover from, actually, uh, for, for quite a while. Um, what we can do at a local level is help helping with the training. I, I talked in the last segment about things like the Star Center uh, and TCAT uh, and other programs uh, with, we work with the American Job Center in order to help people get retrained so they can go out and take advantage of the, the new opportunities that might be out in the economy and, and get retrained. Um, and, and that's really uh, what we can do. But, yeah, I, I am concerned um, when the number one complaint that businesses come to us with is just the inability to find people to work. And that, that yeah. that's a big problem. You know, I've been in East Tennessee, Mayor Jacobs, all my life. I grew up here. I've got two degrees from the University of Tennessee. I definitely bleed Big Orange. <laughs> um, you know, it certainly seems like East Tennessee, Knoxville area is not as much of a hidden gem anymore. We've got people not just from jobs, <laughs> but we got people moving here from all over. Um, housing prices have been skyrocketing, and it certainly seems like demand isn't slowing down anytime soon. So besides all the new job opportunities, what do you think some of the major things that have been attracting people to the Knoxville area? Well, uh, concerning housing, Jim, you're exactly right. And that's actually another restricting factor on uh, our ability to attract businesses is where are people going to live. And we have a shortage of housing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's so expensive. As you said, people have come in from around the country, many places, from uh, places where the uh, you know they cash out of their home and they have a lot of equity, and so they can come here and bid prices up. Um, so that has It's crazy really some skewed, of the stories that, yeah. that you <laughs> yeah. hear. People coming yeah, in and offering really our- 10%, 15% over list without even looking yep. at the house, coming in from another market where our prices from our perspective are escalated com- compared to where they've been in a big metropolitan area that's still a bargain yep. for them. Yep, and, um, and and it's not only homes, it's, it's rents too, you know, because um, people are paying more in rent because landlords can charge more in rent just because the overall housing market is on fire uh and that does that does hurt people as well uh you know affordable housing does not mean what it once does anymore um so those are issues that that again that we're struggling with um it it, 
it's probably better to have that problem than to have a glut of housing because that means that people are leaving for us. It means your tax base is dwindling. In our case, of course, our tax base is increasing. But nevertheless, for the people that are out there trying to find an affordable home, it's very difficult. Um, one thing that I think is often overlooked is things like land use and zoning and how those can be restrictive uh, on uh, home builders and the ability um, to supply the demand. Um, and that's something that our, our plans haven't been updated in the county for 20 years. And that's something that we're uh, looking at so that we can get density where we need density. We can get more housing and the more affordable housing in places where infrastructure can support it. And I think that's really important. Um, to your question about uh, why are people coming here, I think it's quality of life. I think it's the fact that we have a reputation now where other places around the country shut down during the pandemic. Uh, we didn't. We tried to keep things open, and I, I think people appreciate that, especially when you look at some of the lunacy that went on in the blue states and is still going on. Uh, and you can look down here, and uh, we, we respect people's individual choices. We respect people's freedoms, which is an American thing to do, um, as well as our climate's good. Our geographical location uh, is Tremendous. I mean, we're within a day's drive of 60% of the nation's population, so we're very conveniently located. We have a lot of stuff to do, as I was talking in the last segment about uh, the outdoor recreational activity we have. And we're also 45 minutes away from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which is uh, one of the nation's top uh, tourist attractions and top outdoor recreation uh, destinations. So as you as you said, um, when I first came to Knox County, uh, to East Tennessee 27 years ago, we were a hidden gem. Well, we ain't a hidden gem anymore. People yeah. have found out about us, and they, they really like it. We really are a gem. Now, with that growth causes additional demand on our infrastructure. Traffic has been a concern for many residents. What are the short and long-term plans for infrastructure, Mayor Jacobs? Sure, and that, that's where that um, plan that I was talking about come in. Uh, we are incorporating a master transportation plan uh, into our, our comprehensive land use plan. Um, all too often, we're reactive when it comes, and, and in many cases, we have to be because we don't have a crystal ball and we can't predict what's going to happen with development. Uh, but in many cases, we're a bit reactive and all of a sudden, it's like, oh gosh, we have to do something because uh, you know, the, the traffic counts are so high here. Um, so hopefully, this master transportation plan will give us a better idea uh, in some areas of what we can do in the future to uh, preemptively deal with where development is going. Um, in other places, you know, we're working with the state uh, on some of our major arteries uh, and the interstates to try to do what we can there. Even I live out in the Halls area and Emory Road can be a nightmare uh, during rush hour traffic. And the reason is because that interchange has been there since I think the 1960s and it just uh, isn't designed to accommodate the kind of traffic that we get now. Um, and we will have a new interchange uh, in that area, hopefully within the next several years. Um, so when it comes to transportation, uh, everybody, I hope would remember that like when a lot of these main arteries are not actually county roads, uh, they're state roads. So we have to work with the state uh, to do certain things. We have to work with the, uh, the other, our other partners in the region uh, to do a lot of uh, the things that we need to do. This is More Living with Jim Brogan. We're visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the tax base here, our budgets, fiscal responsibility. We're also going to get into things like their Great Reed City USA program. So stay with us as we visit more with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. 
You're listening to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. We're visiting with Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. If you've missed part of today's show, we're on every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m., again from 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch the podcast online. We'll have it up on our website Monday. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on classes. Uh, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, as I mentioned, is with us. And Mayor, with additional people moving to the area, they're buying property, they're paying sales taxes in the area, I would assume there would be an increase in the tax basis. Talk a little bit about where we've been the last year with our fiscal budget and what the effect is and impact is moving forward with our tax basis and expected revenues and how we can use that money to fuel growth. Sure. Um, Yeah, we are seeing an increase both in our property tax base uh, as well as our sales tax, which are the two biggest uh, sources of revenue for the county. Uh, Sales tax is actually the uh, statutorily 72% of the sales tax uh, essentially in in the county goes towards schools. So increases in our sales tax uh, will have uh, a direct impact on the amount of money that schools are getting. And uh, it has been it's been significant this year. It's actually been shocking the past couple of years. Uh, we thought that through the pandemic, we would see uh, lower economic growth and, of course, lower revenues, and that has not been the case. Um, so, and, and same with the property tax. Property tax has not been, uh, you know, property tax is more, um, much more consistent than sales tax. Uh, it's not as uh, dependent on economic uh, factors and how the economy is doing all those sort of things. And also, you know, it takes we're not going to see huge jumps in property tax from year to year or huge decreases. Mayor Jacobs, uh, but, yes, sir. You, mentioned, you mentioned how you know, we were expected to see decreases. We didn't. Going forward, right. talk about reserves and the ability to have handle yes. storms, which inevitably come our way. Yeah. So, um, and with everything we've seen, just an overall increase in the revenue for the county. Um, and, yeah, that has meant that we've uh, – Knox County has always been fiscally conservative, and now we've seen increases to our reserves and in, in all of our funds. The schools have seen increases to their reserves. Um, and that gives us some flexibility to do some things that we otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Um, and as you said, too, it really also – just isn't our personal eyes. Uh, it, it pads our ability uh, to deal with uh, a recession, which we all know will will come at some point, um, but, you know, it, it, it helps us insulate uh, our our general government functions uh, from being impacted by that. Um, so often people wonder why do we keep so much money in reserve. That's the reason, because just like uh, when folks in their own personal lives don't have as much money coming in, well, that'll help see us through some tough times. Yeah, it kind of goes back to on our personal level. We want to have six to 12 months of expenses in cash to be able to weather storms. And similar with the county in terms of it, really any government entity's got a budget like that. Now, Mayor Jacobs, Reed City USA has been such a priority and signature program for your administration. Uh, you've recently announced the theme for this year, Oceans of Voyages. Um, talk a little bit about why. I mean, we know that by third grade, Kids' ability to read at a grade level by third grader is such a leading indicator 
of where that goes down the line with education, jobs, skills, training, everything. So talk about the importance and why Reed City USA has been such a big part of your administration. Well, it's for the reason you just outlined there, Jim. Oh, uh, sorry. I guess that third, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> you, you, you summed it up very well. Um, now, we know that the third grade reading illiteracy uh, rates are a metric to graduation rates in high school. And, of course, graduation rates in high school are a metric to basically lifetime success. Um, if you don't graduate from high school, no matter what field you might go into, uh, you're going to have some issues. Um, and you stand a much better chance if you read at grade level by the third grade of graduating from high school. As wild as that sounds, it's true. Um, so this is just an effort to try to get, try to read uh, or try to raise the awareness of literacy uh, among families, especially among our younger people. I, I think what's happened is we have so many other ways now of entertaining uh, ourselves and, and of entertainment in general with the internet and all these different things. We used to read for entertainment. Well, now we have a lot of things that are competing with that. Uh, so what we're trying to do is just to get families to read together again. I think that's a fantastic word. Um, I do want to, I've got a couple other things I want to kind of get to here. Um, one is the baseball stadium. Uh, I'm very excited about the prospect of a baseball stadium downtown and all the vibrant growth that would come around that. It is expensive to build a stadium. So talk a little bit about the long-term economic impact that you see of baseball stadium. Well, for me, it's not necessarily the stadium itself. Uh, it is the development which is going to occur around it, uh, which uh, is part of the project. And that's what attracted me from the start. You know, um, a, lot of, a lot of folks have, have criticized us uh, because when we think about uh, governments building stadiums, uh, that doesn't always turn out very well. Um, but ours is structured completely different. Our fiscal package is structured completely different. And it really is uh, to get the growth around the stadium in a blighted area which produces nothing right now. Uh, that area, I think, between the city and the county produces about $60,000 in sales tax per year. That's it. it uh, property tax. It produces no sales tax. No sales tax whatsoever. Um, so what we're going to see is the actual development, the property tax and sales tax that come off that area is what's going to pay for the baseball stadium. Um, and I think if government's going to do something like this, this is the way to do it. Uh, and you'll see all sorts of ancillary effects. Of course, uh, it'll create jobs. Jobs uh, and opportunities for people in an area that desperately needs it. So I think that overall it's a win because I think that we've done it the right way. Um, and I think in the future that more and more municipalities uh, and governmental entities will look at this model and go, yeah, you know, we, we shouldn't be building a baseball stadium out in the middle, or stadium out in the middle of nowhere surrounded by a big parking lot and that's it what we need to do is we need to figure out how we can incorporate it as a seed that will result in economic growth for our community well i, I personally love it and uh, the idea and the ability to for a family you know i've got two daughters 21 and 16 years old the ability for the four of us to get out and have a great night out watching a baseball game on a summer day and then all the activity around that go to dinner uh, and and it's it's amazing in the last 15 years what's happened downtown with with Gay Street, Market Square, the old city. I mean, it's just, it's just great, the opportunities yeah, to get out there with one, family. One, if, sure. And if I could throw one more thing into there, too. Yeah, you know, we – so um, 
we are running the, the TVA tower, the East Tower, moving schools out of the AJ building there. Uh, and also have a partnership with the University of Tennessee system. They're taking uh, the top six floors uh, for system offices, and, and I think the uh, UT Foundation will go in there as well. Uh, and, of course, the reason for that was uh, to save money for the county but also to open up uh, the uh, the AJ building. Uh, and uh, now things have kind of turned around where there were, there were some issues because of the economy and because of the hospitality industry with the AJ building. Uh, but it looks like we're back online uh, for that to uh, be transformed into a, a boutique hotel uh, on that side of downtown. Um, so I think that we'll see the transition that we've seen in Market Square and I guess on the north side of downtown. I think that will also start going south now. And I think that the AJ building will act as an anchor for uh, even a more vibrant downtown on the other side of downtown. Mayor Jacobs, you were recently named a 2022 Hunt Keen Leadership Fellow, along with less than 30 elected officials in the entire country. Tell us a little bit more about this honor. Yes, sir, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, and that is a big honor. Uh, my uh, One of my chief of staffs, Dwight uh, Vandervate, and I traveled to Washington, D.C. Uh, to meet with the uh, – the Hunt Fellows, and we, it was a two-day conference, and um, it's a bipartisan, actually nonpartisan organization. So uh, we were there with uh, Democrats from New York and California, Republicans from uh, Bo Watson, who is uh, on the Senate Finance Committee uh, at the General Assembly. Uh, Senator Watson was there. So uh, and it was really to um, people that are interested in education, and you know, we had some uh, great uh, talks about uh, a wide variety of, of, of issues. And uh, it was very interesting, though, you know, to see uh, the different attitudes of people around the country and uh, to be able to talk with uh, folks who are on the left uh, from the coastal states and for them to say, you know, some of the things that I see, and they're like, you're exactly right. And I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> we disagree on yeah. everything else. Uh, so that, that was just wonderful to have those kind of conversations, but it is a big honor for me. Um, let's talk just quickly about what you see as some of the challenges moving forward, Mayor Jacobs. I mean, I know we've talked about a lot of great things in Knoxville. You mentioned the opioid crisis. What are some other big challenges that you see moving forward? Yeah, the opioid crisis is still, uh, unfortunately, uh, because of the pandemic, it is exacerbated and it's arguably worse than ever. Uh, on the positive side, uh, we're working with the city and the state um, on a, um, a new mental health facility at the old St. Mary's complex. Uh, I, I think that mental health, opioid, homelessness, um, the opioid epidemic of homelessness, they're all they're all part of the same uh, mix, and uh, that mental health and or the mental health um, facility will help us deal not only with mental health issues, but also hopefully get some people on the right track when it comes to the uh, opioid epidemic. Of course, you mentioned infrastructure. Um, with the growth that we're having, uh, infrastructure is an issue um, and something that, um, you know, we need to wrap our arms around and, and figure out a plan of how we can best serve the most people and make travel uh, through Knox County easier. And also, uh, again, how we can get uh, what we need where we need it. Um, so those are those are probably the two big things. Of course, you know, we look at uh, education and uh, that's one of those issues that uh, we'll always be, be talking about, um, you know, but how do we get things like third grade literacy rate up? How do we um, 
and I think in some cases change our system so that uh, we ensure that people are successful in life. They're not just graduated from college or from high school, but once they get out of high school, uh, they understand and have the skills they need to go to the next level, whether it's college, whether it's into the workforce. Um, so those those are the things I, I think are uh, still the big issues is mental health, opioids, infrastructure, and education. So if I asked you if you're elected to a second term in May, are those your major initiatives? What other major initiatives would you like to focus on if elected to another term? Uh, yeah, those those are probably the, the major ones that we're looking at. Um, you know, some other things that uh, that I've talked about, but they're they're somewhat internal with the, the structure of government and some of the things that we can do there. Um, but I, I think that uh, really what the um, COVID pandemic did in many cases was, you know, uh, it, these issues are still here uh, and they were driven out of the spotlight by the pandemic. Uh, but there are things that we still need to work on. Uh, and hopefully, again, if, hopefully we can get the pandemic behind us and we can get back to that work, which uh, I, I think is really important. Well, Mayor Jacobs, it's always so great to have you with us and we thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Are you going to be at the LSU game tonight? Unfortunately, I will not. Oh, uh, I have no. a previous uh, commitment, uh, but uh, you know, uh, you know, it's on. tough. We got the Titans game at four thirty. I hate that it was scheduled right there in the middle of the the Tennessee game, be right in the middle. But I will be well, there cheering for the Big Orange, and I know you will be uh, and then, in, in and spirit, then, right? Yeah, and then the Lady Vols have another big SEC game tomorrow. They're having a great year. Uh, it's they wonderful are. to see them back in the top ten. Uh, so, uh, you know, and anytime the UT athletics does well, it's really good for all of us here in East Tennessee. It's, it's, it makes it an even better place to live, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It sure does. <laughs> well, Mayor Jacobs, thank you so much for taking time. And it's always great to have you on as a friend of the program. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. You take care. Have a, have a good time at the game tonight. I sure will. That's Mayor Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, as we've been talking about some of the challenges, but also the tremendous successes of Knox County and what are our challenges moving forward as well as our opportunities. When we come back, we're going to have our dollars and cents segment. Inflation is the topic. Uh, what is the truth about re inflation? What's the reality? Where is it rising? Where is it not rising? Maybe most importantly, how may it impact you in your retirement? So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. That was a great interview with Mayor Glenn Jacobs. I thought his information was just great on the perspective of where we are in Knoxville. Uh, what a great place to live. What are our challenges moving forward and our opportunities? If you missed part of the interview, uh, we will be podcasting uh, that show online at our website on Monday, broganfinancial.com. You'll be able to listen to it. Uh, just click on radio. We're on every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. and again 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, it is time for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? 
That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. Inflation. What's the reality? Is it as simple as just saying we have bad inflation? You know, we found out that for the year 2021, inflation year over year was up 7%. That is the largest uh, inflation rate for the year since 1982. Inflation peaked in 1981 at 19%. And, you know, if we had 7% inflation for 10 years, your purchasing power would be roughly cut in half, meaning... 100 in 10 years, meaning $100,000 of income today, if that was your income in 10 years, that would be like $51,000 of income today. So put that in perspective. Um, But what's the reality? So, you know, I'm kind of reminded of the old uh, parable of the six blind men who came across an elephant and were not familiar with what an elephant was. And so they, they each touched to try to figure out what this pachyderm was, they each touched a different part of the elephant. One touched the trunk, one touched the tail, one touched the tusk, one the leg, one the body. And they then argued about what an elephant was with their own limited perspective. And I think that's a good analogy for inflation. You know, I'm, I'm looking at here of about 20 different categories from 2021. So the inflation rate was 7%, but... Of those roughly 20 categories, only seven of them, excuse me, six of them, had an inflation rate above 7%. And, of course, first was gasoline, was at almost 50%, over 49%. Used cars and trucks at 37%. Uh, You know, meat, poultry, fish, eggs was at 12.5%. But then if we go down to dairy, dairy was under 5%. Uh, you know, medical care commodities, the kinds of medical things you purchase at a drugstore, flat, less than a half a percent of inflation. So it kind of depends on the numbers we're looking at. But the reality is inflation is here. Uh, will it continue at a 7% rate? I, I think it's unlikely in the longer term if we look out into 2023. How long will it persist where it is? We don't know for sure. Here's what I will say. Wage inflation. Companies are having to pay more in order to employ good people. And I think that that at some point gets passed along. So I think higher inflation is here for at least some period of time. The reality is we always have inflation. It does ebb and flow. And in a good retirement plan, you need stability of income in the short term where you're not dependent on the stock market. But in the long term, you need your income to grow to fight inflation so that in 10, 15 years, it doesn't feel like you're, you're living on half of what you're living on now. And so in a good retirement plan, you've got to address that. Now, we cover that in my class at the University of Tennessee, Financial Survival for Retirement, uh, at the University of Tennessee on February 1st and the 8th. That's two two-hour sessions at 6.30 p.m., free parking in the Walnut Street Garage. 
You can contact the University of Tennessee at 974-0150, or you can download a syllabus, financialsurvivalforretirement.com. Thank you for tuning in this week. We've had Mayor Glenn Jacobs, and we've discussed Knoxville, because a greater community provides for more living so we can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you to Chris for producing, engineering the board. Thank you to Jill for producing the show. Thank you to Glenn Jacobs. We will talk to you next week. Have a great day. Go Vols tonight against LSU. You've been listening to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.